This is a Yellow Wave production. here at Earth to Brit bringing you another episode. It's another week, another episode. Episode 17, I think. <laughs> I know last week I had posted uh, a story on my Instagram and Facebook and I, I had put the wrong episode and it was already out there before I realized and I'm just like, honestly, I'm so tired. I just don't even care. I did care, but I just, not enough to do anything about it. Which, what am I going to do about it? I'm not going to start that over. I'm not going to remake it, you know? That's that's way too much work. But I am actually, give me a second. I'm trying to find out. I am almost positive it's episode 17. That's what I said, right? Well, bear with me, yo. Oh, it's been a day. You know how that goes. Um, there's this saying I heard a while ago that was so funny to me. It was, it's only Tuesday and it's been a week. Well, it's only Monday and it's been a week. And I (laughs) can tell you right now, it's, it can only go up from here. It cannot possibly, knock on wood, go any different way. It has to go up from here. So come on, why is this so difficult? Sorry, friends, I'm just trying to... Oh, I hit the wrong button. I knew it. Of course it was my fault. All right. Oh, so we don't say... The titles? I mean, come on. Okay, well, pretty sure it's episode 17. This was entirely too much time to spend even thinking about that any longer than I did. And yet here we are. Either way, whatever episode number it is, you guys should know that season one is 20 episodes long. So whether it's 17 or 16, I'm pretty sure it's 17. Or maybe it's 18. Shit. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am sorry. But at the same time, it is what it is. I am po- I'm in the middle of potty training my son. Everyone wants something from me at all times. It's like to catch a breath is just elusive at this point in my life. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that will explain why I don't know for sure. It's 17 or 18. Regardless, the season one for Earth to Brit is 20 episodes long. So Enjoy it. Soak it up while you can because I'm going to be taking some time off. Not a long time. And I and yes, I am going to have to sit on my hands and force myself to do it because I've been known to take time off in quotes and then throw out an episode or a bonus or whatever. It's like I can't stay away. But truly, I need, a, I need to take a time out. I need a time out. It's, it's like toddler speech over here. So... Um, yeah, that's going to be happening, but I need you to know that there are 20 episodes in season one. This is either 17 or 18. I apologize. I can't find it right now and I don't want to mess up all the stuff I'm loading. So I can't go on my phone and find out, but it is what it is. You will live. I assure you this week we are talking about survivors. So last week I did an episode, my first true crime episode, on murder and it was amazing. I'm still obsessed with her. I still can't stop thinking about her if you were wondering. So this week I thought, okay, just to stay like keep in line with that, not forever or maybe, I mean, you never know. This might turn into a true crime podcast. It might have been the whole reason I did this. Who knows? I don't. You don't. We'll figure it out as we go. But kind of keeping in line with true crime I was like, I got to do the survivor stories because those are my favorite. And I'm telling you right now, I have over 100 just dying to get out. But I thought I would keep it kind of 
similar to Fulan's story where she was raped and like a woman in an area where it's just that's basically like being a pet to be honest like there's no equality at all um which there's work to be done here in the u.s as well do not dare get me wrong but way different there so i thought okay what is something that is just like crazy to me and so prevalent and i cannot to this minute to this day i'll never get used to it because it's how is this a thing human trafficking survivors so it's like a really shitty, dark subject, but we're going to be focusing on the survivors, which there are many, okay? We're going to hear from a few of them soon. So buckle up, grab your favorite bevy, and get ready. And some tissues, because I don't know for sure, but this could get sad real quick. Ready and go. So, across the world, there are as many as 30 million people who are currently being held captive. They're being moved from location to location as victims in the global human trafficking trade. Trade, as if we're talking about stock or inanimate objects. Nope, we're talking about humans. As many as 17,500 victims are moved into the U.S. each year. California is home to three of the FBI's most notorious trafficking areas. Those are San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego. And while that hurts my heart because I am obsessed with California and I love all three of those places, but especially San Diego... I mean, it makes sense. It's a huge state. It's warm. I mean, it's, and there's the oceans right there. They, most of them are transported by ship. It just makes sense. While the Dallas Fort Worth region in Texas is home to 15% of the total calls sent to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So you've got California and then Texas, which, if you look at them, two huge states. And both states have access to the ocean. That is key. So for all these people that are being um, trafficked and sold and traded, whatever you want to call it, the average age of these people is 12 to 14 years old. Excuse me while I go vomit, and I'm not even kidding. And like I think we're all throwing up together. If you're human, you we're all throwing up together. So <clears throat> this is obviously more of a global issue. And global authorities have identified Russia, China, Iran, Belarus, and Venezuela as some of, not all of, but some of the top countries known for a high percentage of trafficking-related crimes, which is basically a clue that a lot of these people, not all of them, but a lot of them, are coming from these areas. It's considered an underground black market, and it does absolutely 125 million percent destroy the lives of thousands of people. And while it's doing that, it is lining the pockets of criminals with more than $32 billion each year. $32 billion each year. More than that. That's like an average. So the following stories, we're going to hear about real victims um, who, for the use of protection and uh keeping themselves their lives private and giving them some sort of safety net they use false names good you better <laughs> girl or boy you better use a false name 100 percent. don't you dare tell me your real name i want to know you and like help you and i just like want to hear your story but definitely don't you use your real name so I'm going to forewarn you that there are 13 stories that I have to tell you from 13 different survivors. And I am going to do my best to stay focused and get through this while also being true to myself and my nature of telling a story and explaining things and getting into it and feeling my feelings. But also knowing myself, I'm not sure I can do all of that in the time I'm allotted. So... 
I'm going to do my best, but regardless, you're going to hear from a couple of at least at minimum, let's say five survivors. And hopefully I can make it to 13, but either way, you're going to hear from five. So five to 13, give or take, we'll see what happens. Ready? The first story we're going to hear about is from Kendall, who claims that her owner, in quotes, told her she was made, in quotes as well, for bondage. So one survivor of the illegal sex trade, who calls herself Kendall, publicly announced that her parents only had her in order to sell her to an international trafficker. In March of 2017, she actually went on the Dr. Phil show and shared her story. She says that her life began with sexual abuse and that she was molested as a toddler even before she could develop like even before she had developed her verbal skills like yes or no or like whatever you're thinking or feeling like how to express yourself or talk to somebody. This was happening even before she was able to do that. She says that the man which she refers to him as the man who owned me that that's the only way she'll talk about him she says that she wasn't allowed to use the word trafficking per him and that she's never been sure or positive of her own age because she just didn't even know what her birthday like she was apparently created for to fulfill this purpose as a trafficker no not a trafficker a human who is being trafficked Um, sorry, but emotional situations and subjects make me just like a little bit crazy (laughs) and I get confused, but she, so the, the whole fact that she was created, like it's almost makes me think of that story. And right now I can't think of the title of it. We've all heard of it. At least I read the book, saw the movie where the girl was created, like they had her to help. So that she could like donate all of her stuff health-wise to her sister who was dying of cancer. Which is just like, what? But also, you don't think about it, but what would you do in that situation? And and you're thinking there's no way. But it, it's true. Like, that actually happened. It's a true story. It's kind of like this. Like, she was, they made her so that she could be sold and trafficked and make money. Which is just like, I can't. I'm already rubbing the shit out of my temples, you guys. So just buckle up and get ready. This is going to be a long one. I'm, I hope I can get through five. Anyways. Um, so on top of the fact that she, this guy was the one who traffics her, whatever. she, The man who owned me, her owner, whatever you want to say. He would not only just say like that that's what she was made for, but he would also say that she was made specifically for sexual slavery. And that trafficking is for the girls who aren't made for that. They get kidnapped or sold into it. So she thought like it's one or the other. And he said that like you haven't been kidnapped or sold. Like you're made for sexual slavery. Trafficking is when girls like you they're made but they're made for that other part getting kidnapped or sold into it what i don't know that i'm describing that correctly because i'm just so upset by it that all i see is red so if you have questions let me know i give you my email at the end and social media hit me up i'll i will explain further and i'll try to remember to put the link in my show notes which I'm usually really really good at so I should I will probably add these links for you guys um so on the show Dr. Phil show she being Kendall described her clients clients you guys as if she has a fucking choice as powerful rich men and women from politicians to doctors to celebrities and even law enforcement officials who was surprised? Anyone? Not me. I'm not raising my hand because I am not surprised.
Human trafficking is a national problem. And that's why there's a national human trafficking hotline. You can reach it at 1-888-373-7888. That's 1-888-373-7888. Or text BE FREE to 233-733. That's BE FREE, B-E-F-R-E-E to 233-733. This was brought to you by Polaris Project. Next up is Mary, who had four children over her 16 years of forced prostitution. So over the course of 16 years, Mary, in quotes, because remember, we're smart women. We're not using our real names. Was in a relationship with Daryl, also in quotes, also smart, (laughs) who fathered her four children. According to the Polaris Project, which is a nonprofit organization that combats trafficking and operates a national hotline, get it, Polaris, Daryl was abusive in every way, verbally, physically, sexually, all of it. Her account states that, like, so her story, what she says is that he forced Mary to have sex with other men for money. And then he also recruited an 18-year-old named Janice, also in quotes. Any names, you guys, from here on out, just to save myself some time and not to sound super repetitive, which is annoying, but also the whole situation we're talking about is annoying. Anytime I mention quotes, it a name, it's in quotes. That's given, okay? From here on out, it's given. So Daryl recruited an 18-year-old named Janice to join his prostitution ring. So there was this time when, after this happens, a police officer pulls Daryl's car over, and the two women were also in the vehicle. The officer who pulled them over noticed that the man had both Mary and Janice's IDs in his wallet, So after noticing that, he asked to speak to each of the women privately. Excuse me while I sit down my iPad that I'm using to read this story and clasp my hands together and say, get it, get it, officer, get it. That is absolutely amazing. They don't even give a name in in quotes and so I'm gonna make one up officer hero like you're a freaking hero get it like yeah it's more work to do that but also you're and and yeah you have to be paying attention to notice that shit like why does he have both of their IDs that's weird that's controlling not normal not okay so then he wants to talk to both of the girls privately And I'm sure his manner of speaking was soft and trusting and they felt safe with him, which they should. Thank you, officer, whoever you are. And I'm sure there are multiple out there, but this one specifically, I don't know these girls. And I personally want, if I were to think like you're going to hear this and pretend, I personally want to thank you so much from one human being to another. Whether these are women or men, I don't care. They're human beings. Thank you so much for paying attention and caring enough to follow through with that, even though it's way more work for you. You are amazing, and I wish there were more like you. There are no other words. I mean, I could go on all night. It still wouldn't be enough. So, after he notices that, he, and talks to the girls in private, he realizes quickly that they're being held against their will and he connects them, like he gets them in touch with um, other captives and they all get connected to the Polaris Project, which leads to their rescue. I'm just smiling so big right now because this is like a dream story in every way, shape, and form. Also, I'm looking at the clock and realizing how much I've recorded There is no way in hell I'm getting through all 13. So 
I am going to cover at least five, like I promised. It might be longer, it might be shorter, whatever. Skip parts if you don't want to deal with it. It's my podcast. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm at least going to do five because I said I would, and I am a woman of my word, but not going to be able to do 13. There is no way in hell. So basically, we're going to do a poll later on, and you guys can tell me, hey, should she continue with the other stories? Like, do you guys want to hear the rest or not? I can do a part two next week before the finale because I'm pretty sure I was wrong earlier and I'm pretty sure we're on 18. So that would be 19 would be the next one and then the finale. Either way, let me know. We'll figure it out at the end. I just wanted to give you guys a bit of a heads up. Not going to cover 13 at all, which I had a feeling, but now I know. Friends, (laughs) while I was switching and uploading this last recording, I poked myself in the eye because I'm just so distraught right now reading I'm like looking forward into the stories I'm about to tell you just to retouch like touch base reiterate all the things I want to focus on and oh my god it's just so upsetting to me my arms are flailing it's all over the place so the next one the next survivor not victim serve well, yeah, she's a, did you guys just hear that? I burped as I was talking. Happens all the time. Not usually when I'm recording. Also, I'm on a time crunch, so I'm keeping it. Sorry if that offends you. It could be worse. Trust me. If I really let loose, you would be amazed. Anyways, this next one is about Fala. It's P-H-A-L-L-A. So I'm going to say Fala. You can say it or think of it, pronounce it however you want. So her grandmother is the one who actually sold her into prostitution. So until she was 20, Fala lived a pretty much normal life in Cambodia. Um, I've never been there, but whatever is normal there for daily living, she lived it. That was her story. Then her father died and there was no one to support her family. So she was forced to move in with her grandma. And according to Equality Now, which is a global network that advocates for gender equality and human rights, the grandmother sold Fala to a brothel two months after she moves in. So she gets there after her father dies. Two months later, she's sold to a brothel. The grandma allegedly drove not allegedly reportedly i'm not sure those two are different but i'm sure there's some sort of there's some sort of reason for those wording and there's people out there who know it and if you do let me know i'd love to hear it but i'd like to keep things accurate as possible so the grandma reportedly drove her to a brothel in a nearby city which this nearby city is kampong Som. But Fela was unaware of her grandmother's attentions. So they're going to the city, but she has no idea why. She's just like, well, I'm going with my grandma. At this brothel, Fela was locked in a room and assaulted several times a day. So basically her life went from here to there in an instant. Uh, Her reality for the next several months included being sold from one brothel to another. So her... She, her dad dies. She moves in with her grandma. Her grandma takes her to the city nearby. It'd be like someone in my family taking me to Chicago. It's a 45 minute trip minimum. I mean, maximum. And like taking me to this building, then bye. And then I'm in a brothel. And then from there on, I'm sold to brothel to brothel. I mean, it's more relatable than you realize if you just close your eyes and picture this happening to you. It's super easy to do, which is the scariest part. So in the process of all this, she meets a man who helps her back to her native Cambodia, like where she's from, brings her back where she's from, like back to the original. Which to her, she got really excited. It seemed like a new lease on life. Like, I find, like, this is amazing. It's a miracle. But it was kind of a trick because she was immediately put to work in a karaoke bar. So it was like, oh, okay, you went out of here. Like, I'm nice, but you're going to be doing this now. And she thought she was being saved. But so she gets put to work at a karaoke bar. Uh, 
where her employers sold her to foreign tourists for days at a time. There was a time that she tried to leave. She was caught and she was beaten severely. So after this beating, it took her several more months before she was able to gain her captor's confidence. And then she was able to escape and then turn herself over to authorities, which in my opinion would be scary as well. Like, are you in on this? I would be so paranoid. Also, it's crazy like how it took her several months to like trick basically her employers that she was trustworthy. Like who... First of all, employers, note to self, who the fuck wants to be there if they're being forced? No one. So no one's trustworthy. Also, I don't want to point that out because like keep thinking they are so that more people can escape. It's just like so weird to me. Humans, how they, how they, as if I'm not human. <laughs> Let me say that again. How we as humans interact daily and in one, like in, say I'm interacting with someone else. In my mind, this is what's happening. This is my perception. In their mind, it could literally be identical or the exact opposite or something so off the wall that no one would ever even think of that. But it's legit because it's honestly their perception just as my perception is mine and I'm not making that up. It's scary to think about talking to somebody and then realizing the fact that you could be having one conversation but it could be absolutely different in both of your minds it's scary like that's crazy and that's pretty much what i think happens when you're able to trick your captor and make them think you're trustworthy like do they forget oh we're we're selling this girl like she doesn't even have a choice she must be okay. She do- she doesn't want to leave. What the? You're stupid. Whoever you are, you're stupid. But stay stupid so that they can get away. I've said too much. <laughs> I'm just trying to help out. But also, like, understand. And I'm so confused by humans. It's so weird. Okay, so this next one is a man and... On top of all that, I had to switch it up. I had to skip a couple stories because I will come back to them eventually. They're just as important. Please do not be mistaken. They're all so important. But this one's crazy because, so it's a man, and he paid $5,000 only to be sold into indentured servitude. So it's like a double whammy. It's triple whammy. You're a man. Um stereotypes by the way people i'm not trying to undermine anyone you're a man you paid money for this to happen unknowingly and then you're sold into servitude like what that's just wild so christopher grew up in the philippines but he wanted to live and work in the united states so it's like even if you're in the united states or wherever you're at it's like you grow up in one place And then your dream town, your dream home, like your dream place to live. Everyone's got it. Okay. Mine happens to be San Diego, which is on the list for the top, which we talked about earlier, but that does not sway me. And if anything, it makes me want to go there more. Uh, So Christopher's was the U.S., which a lot of people's are. It's like that white picket, the American dream, whatever. I think that's such bullshit, but that's, you guys, here we go. Honestly, first of all, I am proud of myself right now because it is, we're this far into it and I'm just now mentioning, that's for another episode. So proud. That's the longest I've gone without saying that. Um, So he grew up in the Philippines, but he wanted to work in the U.S., just like everybody else, or majority, whatever. I'm not trying to be one of those, like, claiming that we're better. I'm not saying that at all. It's just what it is. So then a recruiter proposed an opening at a hotel in the Appalachians, which Christopher saw, and he was eager to pay. Like, he was like, here, take my money, paid $5,000 for the opportunity to travel to the U.S. and live his dream. What a trap. It's so frustrating. According to the Polaris Project, Christopher quickly discovered that the job opportunity was a farce 
But this was obviously after he arrived. So he gets there and he's like, what the fuck? This is not what it's supposed to be. He was bussed to a golf state against his will. Okay, so that's taking a human being and like moving them to a different area than they agreed to against their will, which was a three-day journey without food or water for three days. You guys, three days. Granted, you'll survive, but barely, and it depends on your situation and your medical history. I mean, so many things about, so many variables. Like, do they not even think about this? Do they know about science? I wonder. I don't want them to. I don't want them to. But I do when it's this situation and poor Christopher is got no food or water. Like, that's not okay. So anyways, moving along. This is why we're not getting to 13. I'm, I'm like rubbing my face so hard. I'm just so upset for these people. Before the end of the night, I'll be rocking back and forth. But once they get him to this destination they want him to be at, he was forced to work 18-hour days cleaning hotels for basically a pittance, which means like money to buy some food, but not enough food. Um, he, so he was concerned that the recruiter, which what a, what a privileged name to give this piece of shit, asshole, human being, man or a woman, you're a piece of shit, asshole, human being recruiter. Like that's such a privileged word. They don't deserve that. But anyways, this person, he was afraid they would retaliate against his family back in the Philippines for the initial debt. So he asked them the uh nonprofit Polaris project he asked them for money because he was so concerned about his family being punished about him being trafficked i mean <laughs> christopher whoever you are wherever you are anyone like you i i don't know how i can help but i want to know how like tell me how i can help somebody because i can't take this this is killing me. Why did I d- decide to do this episode topic? Why, what am I thinking? Uh, okay, so one more. And I hope I can get through it. I'm going to take a quick five and I'll be back for the last and final survivor story for this week, depending on how the votes go. Stay tuned. Are you all ready for some warm fuzzies? So, if you haven't noticed, I've been talking about the Polaris Project throughout this entire episode, which I just recently found myself and I am obsessed and amazed that I didn't know about it sooner. So I want to tell everyone I know and I want everyone I know to tell everyone they know and so on, so on, so on. So. Please share, especially if you felt something after listening to this episode. So, the Polaris Project. It was founded in 2002. Polaris is named for the North Star, which people held in slavery in the United States used as a guide to navigate their way toward freedom. Today, in 2019, going on 2020, We are filling in the roadmap for that journey and lighting the path ahead because modern slavery is a thing. Unfortunately, it's a thing. And we are the only ones, us as human beings, fellow human beings, we're the only ones who can do anything about it. So if you resonated with this or if you felt impacted by this or if this made you sit up straighter and think a little bit, great share it share it with somebody and if nothing else share the polaris project with your closest friends and family and get involved because chances are you can be the next hero in a survivor's story with human trafficking and just when i thought i could not find another story or survivor who made me feel so alive in like the most angry way, we have Erica. I am about to lose my mind. If I sound like a serial killer during this story, like with my calm voice and my voice fluctuations, 
It is simply because I'm about to lose my mind with this one because this one specifically, for some reason, has me just so like, yes, thank you. Like, can we do something about this in so many ways? So prostitution, sex workers, whatever, however you want to call it, there are political PC ways to term this. Right now, I'm not concerned with that as much as I am with the message of what I'm about to tell you. So if a person is a prostitute or a sex worker, what, like, again, what I just said, listen to it if you need to, like, rewind if it's necessary. Does not matter what word you use, whether they do it by choice or not. I, at this point, I feel like the people who do it by choice, I don't know that they even exist. And if they do, this is not a bad, I'm not saying like, shame on you, like bad on you, whatever. Do you always, always, and I will support the shit out of you, even if I don't know you, but most sex workers are not there by choice. Like, can we fucking figure this out? It's 2019, literally rounding the corner to 2020, 2020, you guys figure it out. Okay. We can do this. We can do this as humans. We can figure this shit out. This is not okay. It's normally not a decision. And if it is, fine, whatever. As long as it was investigated enough to verify that it was actually a decision, let them do them. Who gives a fuck? Again, I have an explicit label on the podcast for a reason. I have been working on that the past probably 12 episodes um, in a way that I don't feel like my true self because I am who I am, but I also feel like family mostly is complaining or upset or can't handle it, whatever. And so I've been trying to work on that for y'all, but I am who I am. And when I'm mad, just try and stop me. So deal with it, I guess, basically. Like if you see the explicit episode label, if it's really going to bother you that much to where what I'm trying to tell you about, which is a huge issue right now in our world, with human beings being sold daily, then I feel like you might need to figure some things out because you've got other issues that are bigger than what I can help you with. And if not, you do you, as always. So, Erica. She was arrested as a teenager for prostitution, but never once, not one single time, was she asked if she was in trouble. It was assumed that she was there by choice and she was looked down upon for selling her body. Which, again, if you're doing that by choice, that's your choice. You do you. At least ask them. Okay? I mean, how is that not even like protocol? So, let's tell her story real quick. She was forced into the world of prostitution at the age of 14. I remember when I was 14 and there's no way. There's just no way. There's no way now and I'm 32. I mean, my heart is just dying, you guys. (laughs) I hope I make it. Okay. So Erica says that human trafficking is shockingly common near the border, which it shouldn't be shocked. It's not shocking to me, Erica, whoever you really are, if you're out there listening, which would just blow my mind and make me feel so special. Um, I'm going to pretend you are just so I can get through this. Erica, I'm talking to you specifically. I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised about any of this, unfortunately. She talks about how she had several interactions with police, but these officials they never once asked her if she was a victim or if she needed help or if she was being forced. Nothing. She was arrested, probably looked down upon and just like judged, immediately pushed to the side like, well, that's gross. She's just doing that. Whatever. It's illegal. No problem. No one asked her if it was her choice or if she was doing this on purpose or if she wanted to be doing that. Like, you're already arrested, so if they ask you, are you wanting to be here? 
and you said yes and you meant it, good for you. Like you're being honest. Then fine. You're still arrested. What does it matter? What's it going to hurt you to go that one extra step and just make sure, hey, you okay? So according to KTSM, which is the National Human Trafficking Hotline, um, they reported 2,000 calls from Texas alone in just the first three months of 2017. So we're in 2017 and picture January, February, March. They have 2,000 calls from Texas alone, which is where this happens, obviously. So she describes Erica trafficking She describes it as a problem evident across the county and not just in El Paso, Texas. Here's a direct quote from Erica. You would never know how many guys are out picking up girls. Girls you might just see walking on the sidewalks. A 14-year-old girl can be out prostituting and you would not know that. So fast forward to the present time. These days, she's working to correct that institutional problem, which, yes, whoever said that, that's absolutely right. Institutional problem. It is, from from the foundations up, it's a problem. She firmly believes that if police were more sympathetic to certain offenders, which is in quotes, again, agree, then these authorities could shine a light on human trafficking in the Texas area. Erica? Agree, 100%. I would like to add on to that. I think that they could shed light on that in the entire world, not just Texas Texas area. Um, I think that way, too, with um, drug addicts and alcoholics, too, which, you guys, here's the second time, which the fact that I'm only saying this twice now, I am so proud of myself, but that's another episode. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's not, no one is less than, I can't even get into this right now because I'm barely containing myself with what I just did with these survivor stories. I really, you guys, I'm such an optimist. I came into this thinking I can do 13 stories easy. They're all like barely a paragraph. I've got this. Nope. Barely made it to five and only because I pushed myself. So Take everything I just said, just take it in, soak it up, and don't turn the other way. Don't brush it off. Don't forget this episode. Don't think that this isn't a problem like wherever you live. It could be a small town. It could be the smallest town in your state. It happens everywhere, okay? And even if it's not happening where you're at, It could if we keep on this route and we're not doing anything about it or we're not doing enough about it. But also, even if it's not happening where you're at, it's happening in the world, everywhere, humans. And we're coming up on 2020. Okay, I'm going to stop rubbing my face and rocking back and forth, hopefully. And I'm going to wrap this up for you guys because you deserve a good ending. We all do. We deserve a happy ending. So give me five more. (laughs) I'll be not for you. I'll come back in like 30 seconds, but I'm going to take five and I'll be back to wrap this up and end things on a lighter note while also begging you not to forget what we talked about this entire episode because it is absolutely important. It's imperative. This shit is imperative to pay attention to. You cannot ignore it any longer. It's bad. This is not okay. Okay? So as uncomfortable as it is, as annoying as it is, as foreign as it might be to you, get on the internet. It's there for a reason. Google the shit out of it. Google one thing about human trafficking and you'll be falling down a rabbit hole before you know it. Learn one thing. Find out one thing today. Okay, and that will help. It will, you learning about one thing will help more than you realize. You have more of an impact than you'll ever know. So use it in a good way. Use it in a helpful way. All right, I'll be back. Go ahead and Google that though while I'm gone. For real, I'll be back. But Google the shit out of it. There you have it. 
um, I, I'm kind of speechless, but not really. It's like all in my head and I just can't get it all out. Everything we just talked about right now is, these aren't like myth. It's not tall tales. It's not story, like fake stories. These are real people, real survivor stories that have been recorded. And one of them was even on Dr. Phil's show. I mean, what more do you need? This is real life. This is happening right now. It's been happening and it's happening right now. And it's going to continue to happen in numbers that are so embarrassing and not okay until we do something about it. So research it, learn about it, figure out what it is that you can do, figure out what it is that you can bring to the table to help this issue specifically if you feel called to do so. If you feel like when you're listening to this or learning about it or hearing about it and you feel like that you're just like somebody took a lighter to your soul, that's how you know that you you can have an impact on this specifically. And maybe you're meant to. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you that. But I'm here to guide you and let you know that if you are interested in that, there are so many places you can go to help out. So take it for what it's worth. But um, yeah, that's episode, what did we decide? 18, 17, 19, whatever. I know it's not 20 because I know at episode 20, I'm going to be all over that shit. But pretty sure eight, 18. I thought it was 17 in the beginning, but now I'm pretty sure it's 18. Either way, whatever episode this is, that's irrelevant. What's relevant is the topic, which is human trafficking. It's real. So get out, learn about it. Click the links that I'm about to provide in the show notes. Do something, do anything. That's the best thing I can say to you guys. Even if you didn't feel anything with this episode, which if you didn't, I'd like to know like how you're, how, I don't, no, I wouldn't actually. I don't even want to understand that because I, I can't be on that level, but do something, do anything. You have more power than you realize. Even if you just learn about something and don't move forward from there, that is a step forward. Believe it or not, it is. You might not feel like it, but it is. Learn about this. Look, look this shit up. Just learn about it. Pay attention to it. It's real. It's real. It's happening. You can't ignore it. And if you try to, it's only going to last for so long. You can turn your head for so long. And it. I feel like our time's running out on turning our head, which good, because we shouldn't be turning our head. We should be turning our head in the way of it. Like, look at it. Look, look at head on, face on, make eye contact with this shit. Okay, because people need us. They need us. There are people out there. The thought of it makes me want to throw up. I can't. Oh, I can't handle it. There are people out there who need us. We need to make a move. We need to look at a head on and acknowledge it and make a move. Okay, so check out the show notes for any link that you could possibly need because I'm going to load that shit right up for you. Um. And let me know if you have any stories or uh, if you're a survivor, reach out to me. I would be honored. I would, whatever you need, whatever you want, I got you. Just tell me, I've got you. Whatever you do, use a fake name because again, I've got you. Don't give out your real name, but reach out to me if that's the case. If you've seen something, if you suspect something, I don't care. Tell me about it. I want to know. If you have other survivor stories that you've learned about or that you have experience with, share them with me. I'm about to give you the email and all the social media access you could ever dream of. And also, do me a quick favor. With this one specifically, at some point this week, before next week's episode, or after, if you're a rebel like me and you just can't help yourself, that's fine. But at some point, share this with somebody. Share this episode. And if you don't want to share this episode, fine. I'm not trying to get publicity. I've got enough of it. I've got numbers going through the roof. I 
and I'm not going to say I don't care because I do care. I love that. I need that. I want that. That's what I'm doing this for. That's a part of what I'm doing this for. But more than that, I am trying to reach people and connect with people. And I don't need to be in the top, top charts to do that. I would like to, obviously, because that would make things move a lot faster. But I'm learning patience and I'm okay with that. I want to have an impact. I want to actually do something. Make I want to make you think something. I want to make you feel something. I want to make you see something in a way that you never saw it before. And I would love that in return. If you've got it, again, send it to me. But the reason I do this is is not for fame. It's not for attention. It's kind of the opposite. Like it's scary scarier than shit every week you guys I sit down and I'm like not hyperventilating but just like I just feel like I was put here in this role right now with this podcast to really change shit up and put shit out there that other people might not want to hear about but I don't know. I can't stop myself if I tried. I have tried. I've tried to take time off. I can't do it. But that's, for the third time, a whole other episode. And, oh, yes, success. That sound was me giving myself a high five for only saying that three times. You're welcome. Anyways, stay tuned for next week. Let me know if you've got stories or questions or if you're out there being trafficked and you find yourself able to access me, I would be fucking honored to, I would be honored to do anything I can for you. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Bye. Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go to get your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is earth to Brit podcast. Emails can be sent to earth to Brit.podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm slash earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. And cut. Did we get it? Yes. That's a wrap. Piss out. No, 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 no. This is what I'm made with. This is love. This is a yellow wave production.